Welcome back to the Risk Report. This is episode number 74. And um, thank you all for tuning in. I really, truly appreciate it. I am consistently making these fucking podcasts. I can't believe I've even gotten to episode number 74. I didn't really think, you know, how many episodes. I didn't have a goal in mind. Like, how many episodes am I going to hit this one year, right? It's going to be a year in about 10 days. I started it, I think, the first one I put out on the 27th or the 29th of... uh, January and today we're on January 19th. So let's see. Uh, let's go to oldest to newest. Let me check. So the first one I put out, yeah, it doesn't really tell me an exact date. January 2021. Yeah, it's not telling me the exact date, but I know it was around there. I'm pretty sure it was either the 27th or the 29th. So, you know, we're almost at a year of podcasts. Maybe I should have fucking pulled up, done more than 100. <laughs> But we are on episode number 74, and today we're going to talk about UFC 270, all right? I'm going to go over this. I'm going to I'm gonna watch a couple highlights, talk about the fights, and talk about uh, my predictions for the fights, and then we can go over some news. I'm going to read a couple news um, articles that I thought were pretty crazy in these past couple weeks, and um, yeah, we'll get it going. We'll go back to a... Uh, you know, classic risk report type of shit that I was doing. Some news here or there. And um, paying my respects to the late Bob Saget and Betty White and all these, um, you know, all the people that are losing their lives out right now. It's always around the this this time. So, um, but that one's a pretty crazy one, Bob Saget, huh? Beloved human. Um, good dude. Good, funny fucking guy. Wish I could have known him, right? <laughs> I'm speaking strictly as a fan. Just uh, just a good dude, and everyone seemed to love him. And he was America's dad for so long, right? White America's dad. <laughs> right? We had Uncle Phil on the other side. Um, but yeah, you know, one of those classic, classic TV sitcom guys that we got to see when the people watching the sitcoms and maybe that's why it translated so well because if you think about it if you had a guy <laughs> if you had a guy on a sitcom right now or one of these YouTube shows or Netflix shows that um kids watch nowadays and they grow up and that's their America's dad right this wholesome fucking guy and then in your teen years you fucking find out he's this raunchy ass comedian Talking about, uh, you know, making jokes about how he banged the the people on set, the kids on set and shit, you know, fucked up shit. But he's a comedian and they never took it serious. You know, it was like we transitioned with him as his TV dad into seeing him like, oh, the, he's really actually a raunchy comic guy. What a funny fucking guy. And we, you know, and we loved him. Right. Everyone loves him. Um, I don't think that could be done again. <laughs> there will only be one Bob Saget. Right. If that shit comes out now, it's like uh, that dude gets canceled. But yeah, my condolences to that and the family and the all those, you know. It's crazy how uh, an impact of um, a famous person, how it, how it really does affect people. You know, for, for example, today is would have been Mac Miller's 30th birthday. 
January 19th, today would have been Mac Miller's 30th birthday. And it's crazy. He's been gone for like two, three, three years, maybe four years now almost. Um, three years, man. And and I remember that one as a celebrity death particularly like got me emotional, you know? Because um, you don't fucking know these people, right? But I, connecting to that individual on the musical level, on the spiritual level, on resonating with the words and, you know, just having this, yeah, this, this understanding and empathy of what this artist, what this person, you know, was saying through his music, conveying through his music and, and ultimately what he was able to capture in his lifetime. Um, so yeah, another, another kind of twist right there, circle right there. Um, yeah, it's crazy. That that one did hit me a little hard because I was listening to him so much, I think, um, at the time. And I was like, wow, that one hit me hard. But yeah, man, these celebrities, they, they do, or these influential people, and not even celebrities, right? Because celebrities, I feel like people just idolize it and go over the overboard and extreme. And, you know, I just would rather enjoy the moment of meeting that person. You know, there's been times where I've met famous people and not once did it occur to me because maybe I'm an idiot, but not once did it occur to me to take a picture. No, not once did it occur to me to take a picture. I either said hello, you know, one time I remember walking through the, the Hard Rock Casino, since we're talking about UFC, the Hard Rocks, well, not right now, but we're getting to the UFC, I promise. <laughs> I uh, was walking through the Hard Rock Casino for for this event that my buddy was invited to, and we and he had me go, and it was a great time, pretty hammered. And I'm walking through the casino, and um, I see Rashad Evans, literally right in front of me, right walking past me or something, and I see him, and I just look at him, and I'm like, "Holy shit, you're Rashad Evans." And I remember he just gave me a smile and I just shook his hand. And I was like, dude, you're one of the greatest of all time. Amazing. And then I just left. (laughs) Right? Just a simple interaction. I didn't think of, hey, let me stop here. I'm going to take a picture with Rashad Evans. No, bro. Holy shit, you're Rashad Evans. Great fucking man. Great to meet you. And I walked away. Right? Just because I was already headed to another. I was going to the bathroom probably. But... Yeah, I don't, you know, there's there's been instances where I'll see, you know, be around certain people or people that have a little more clout and stuff like that. And um, never, I just don't think about that stuff, you know, because um, they're people, bro. They're people. Literally, that's a person who has worked hard and has managed to succeed in something that very few do, you know. And they put in the time for it. And it's crazy that people idolize. I understand it. But at the same time, it's like they idolize these fucking people. That's the scary part about, you know, famous people. They just don't get left alone, bro. Pete Davidson can't be smashing a chick right now without the whole world fucking knowing. Because it's Kim Kardashian. You know? Constant, bro. Con- their whole everything about their everything is is monitored by these fucking paparazzi that 
think this is what the consumer wants and this is what we got to get to get the consumer and they just throw you these fucking bullshit articles and they fucking stalk these people. Imagine going up to your fucking apartment or wherever you live and just constantly, hey, over here, over here, fucking asking you personal questions and shit. I heard you, I heard you like uh, acai bowls for breakfast. Is that something you do every day? Like, God, what the fuck, bro? You know, it's, uh, imagine that all the time. That sounds fucking crazy. It sounds crazy. Um, but what do I know? Because I have no fans. <laughs> I got no fans. I'm just kidding. For everybody that's checking it out, I appreciate it. Um, it, but it, it, that is an aspect of that lifestyle, of that status, of that certain achievement certain people get in life that is mind-boggling. You know what I mean? It's mind-boggling. And it affects all of us. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just saying there are people I don't really think of going to fucking get the picture right away. I think about just at least saying what up, you know, or just letting them be. A lot of times that happens too. I just won't even fucking talk to them. I'll say, oh, look, that's, that's cool. Whoever that is over there, right? Uh, anyways, let's get to it. I don't know why I was ranting. Um. UFC 270, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gain. Holy shit, right? This is going to be big. This is going to be big for the UFC, this fight, for both of these men, and the outcome of whatever the fuck might happen. Because, you know, Francis Ngannou's got this renegotiation uh, issues going on with the UFC. This fight really determines if he's going to hold out and, you know, get a new contract or, you know, them meet their, them meet his terms that he wants for, for the contract going forward, um, which seems to not be possible <laughs> from the UFC end. And um, so this is big. If he wins, then what? And, and what if they don't want to continue with him, you know? If he loses, then they might even hold uh, another fight over him. I forget what the clause is, but they could they could kind of hold him in like a fighter limbo, which they do for some fighters, right? Um, yeah. Aside from from that kind of messy shit of the USC two seventy, it's huge in itself that these two fucking men are fighting, right? This is gonna be like this is gonna be the craziest fucking fight. I think I'm calling that this is going to be top one of the wildest fights ever for how however long it lasts which I don't think is very long it's going to be fucking crazy because there's so much um I wouldn't say beef but there's so much tension between these two men these two men are people that know each other fairly well and trained and kind of came up together and Francis decided to leave camps and then return, but leave again. And it's left that camp a little sour. And then who do they have training and bringing that up? None other than his former, you know, sparring partner, Cyril Gaon. And Cyril Gaon is like if you put a lightweight in a fucking heavyweight's body. This dude is is jumping like fucking six feet in the air and kneeing heavyweights in the face. Fast, bro. The dude is fast. Hitting fucking knees, elbows. The dude's, I think, 
for both uh, both main events, both title fights that are happening between uh, Cyril Gan and Ganu and Moreno versus Figueroa three, um, it's going to come down to fight IQ because all fighters, all four fighters, are the best of the best. Literally, the best of the best. They they all have heart. They all fucking knock people the fuck out. These are these are the toughest, and they're the best for the reason, you know. And Ganu, great fighter IQ, swings wild. You seen that? This dude swings wild. Um, I'm I'm gonna actually watch a couple highlights. So let's see Francis Ngannou's top five finishes. I'm gonna throw that on real quick. I'm gonna kind of break that down. Um, so this is against uh, Arlovsky. Dude, he he just swings so wild, like from so wide. Most people, you know, you, not most people, but, you know, you see more, more common punches kind of go straight through the pipe, a little bit of an overhand. I mean, Nganu is literally bringing them from east to west. This dude is swinging and catching everybody, bro, catching everybody, lights out. Bing, left hand, right hand. And and then everyone just cowers in pain. Dude, how hard does this guy hit? How hard does this fucking guy hit? Because the story of Nganu is that he fucking, you know, from poverty in Cameroon, fucking walked the desert to become a UFC fighter. That's <laughs> how they make it seem. That he, that he literally crossed the desert to escape Cameroon or whatever the case may be. I need to look up his story because this is what I've heard from my friends and they're fucking idiots, right? But um, that is the story of what I've heard, that this guy is a fucking savage and he's built like no other. So, I mean, here he's looking for another finish. This is actually a Kimura. Gets it. Gets it. So this guy's dangerous, bro. Just because he, Jesus, he's such a scary looking guy. He's literally King Kong in this motherfucker. Wow. Okay, these these punches are a lot more polished. His uppercuts are just on another level. So, with Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gane, man, this guy's power is really going to make the difference. If he fucking catches Cyril Gane in a way that... It, that it just knocks out any other human being, you know, every human being on the planet, which it looks like that's what it does because he is literally the size of King Kong. Um, if you get hit with one of these fucking bazookas, you're out. And this is where the fighter IQ, which both of them have incredible fighter IQ, Francis seems a little more reckless to me. But, but but for the most part, they both have incredible fighting IQ. They have the highest fighting IQ because look at where they're at. Um, for me, it's like, dude, if if he doesn't connect with this giant swing, or or if Cyril Gon is able to survive these giant fucking swings and kind of time it, Cyril Gon's got this. And I don't see this going. Um, I don't see this going past the second round. There's no way. If we had five rounds of these two guys, oh my god, bro! Francis Ngannou with that giant uppercut. I mean, it's it is terrifying, bro. This is a terrifying human being. Even as oh my god, dude! And I've seen it so many times. 
even his uppercut is like a swing from fucking out of nowhere, bro. Oh my goodness. He literally just swings from out of nowhere. That is what's so unpredictable. And that is what could maybe fuck up Cyril Gunn. You know, not not seeing a hit come from a certain angle because that's also, you know, a big uh, accolade in this guy's style of fighting and Francis Ngannou's style of fighting that he can just swing from somewhere. You have It's not predictable, right? It's kind of loosey-goosey like what you would see in a street fight almost. Just wide swings, but they fucking, they are landing. All right, they are landing and knocking people the fuck out. Now I'm going to look at Cyril Gunn. Now Cyril Gunn, way more technical, way more calculated. Um, even his coach, his coach admitted to saying Cyril Gunn is like a computer. Right? He will the first round he will dissect you and figure out your movements, and then from there just pick you apart. And that is literally what this guy's fucking done. So I'm going to put on a highlight. This guy's also undefeated. Francis Ngannou lost, I think, three or four times. Um, I think he lost to Derek Lewis, and I think he lost to... Um, fuck, man, I don't know. But Francis Ngannou's lost. Cyril Gunn is not lost. Okay, let's see here. So, I mean, the dude is just constantly moving, constantly bouncing, switching stances. Um, he is also a massive human being. <laughs> he is literally the size of Francis Ngannou. He's they're the same size, bro. This is a big fucking ogre of a man. French ogre. Um, dude, see, all right, and the person he's fighting right now, I don't know the name, heavyweight, he's swinging all wild. He's swinging wide, he's swinging wild. Um, Cyril Gan is catching him in the clinch, throwing knees. Throwing elbows. He, he's sneaky, bro. Sneaky fucking guy. Gets the takedown. Gets on top. Probably going to submit this guy. Yep. Arm triangle choke. Arm triangle choke just wrapped around him like a fucking anaconda. And he's putting him to sleep. So that's another way this could go out is, is Cyril Gon getting a submission. Um, taking it to the ground. Taking it to the clinch. But I think, I really believe that Cyril Gunn is a superior striker in what I've seen, right? In these highlights and the fights that I've seen of Cyril Gunn and the fights that I've seen of Francis Ngannou, I believe that Cyril Gunn is just a way more technical fighter, way, way better striker. And this is where his fighter IQ, Jesus, bro, like reigns elbows straight through the pipe, um, Head movement like no other. Literally, people throwing and he just ducks it, ducks it, blocks it, moves away, flying fucking knee, just overwhelming power. This is another fucking King Kong motherfucker, bro. This is literally going to be like a King Kong versus Godzilla movie. <laughs> Look at him getting the, 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 what is that? The fucking, he just twisted this man's knee apart. Heel hook. He just got a heel hook in. And just twisted this dude's knee apart. Goodbye, UFC career. Gone versus Bozer, right? He got he got that fucking mullet in the back. You know, business in the front, party in the back. Bloody eye. Big old beard. Ooh, takes a fucking huge left from uh, Cyril Gone. 
Cyril gone with a wide throw, kind of a Nganu throw right there. He's just so fast and big. Wow, bro. This guy is... Yeah, who... And Francis Ngannou's a terrifying human being. Cyril Gaon just seems way more calculated, um, way more calm and cool and collected. And I think this is going to play big in the fight. I believe that, um, look at this huge knee, bro. You know, what kind of 250-plus guy, 230-plus guy do you see throwing massive fucking knees at people, right? Not as many finishes. He's not... He doesn't knock people the fuck out. If he can survive it, man, I don't know. I feel like he could catch. I'm going to go with my prediction, so I don't keep ranting here. Cyril gone. I'm going to go with Cyril gone, maybe second round, first or second round, catches Nganu in one of those wide fucking throws. He's going to, Nganu's going to throw a huge bomb. He's going to miss, and he's going to get cocked. He's going to get caught and rocked. And um, oh, huge elbow, like an elbow or something. He, he's gonna he's gonna get caught with an elbow or a knee or a kick. And then Cyril Gan's probably gonna pepper him, pepper him. And Gan and Gan is what he's got is gonna be his insane power, dude. So the only way I see Gan winning is a knockout in the first round. Knockout in the first round. Maybe second round. Cyril Gaon, I see <laughs> I see a similar thing. But I see Cyril Gaon could survive with him. All five, that'd be wild. But it would put that man to a... It would put Francis Ngannou to the test. And it would be a fucking war. Five rounds, imagine that. I really don't know. I don't think it's going to get past the second. And I really think it's going to be Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon. Is going to do it because behind it, behind the story as well, is the whole training partner fiasco, right? The videos that they show of Francis Ngannou walking past Cyril Gaon and not saying hi to his boy and Cyril Gaon just being like the, the look on his face, you know, you could tell he was like, wow, bro, he didn't even say hi to me. Like we were boys, right? His face said it all. So there's a lot of that tension going into this and like I said this guy's a cool calm calculated cat and he's fucking dangerous bro I think he's got this I think um he's gonna take it home for France uh Cyril gone second round shit if it makes it past this if 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 Francis doesn't knock him out in the first Cyril gone's got this in the second that's what I'm predicting <clears throat> but what do I know right um, Francis, or, or now let's move on to this, the co-main event, Moreno versus Figueroa three, right? The first one, um, I believe was at the UFC apex and they put on a fucking five round war, absolute war that I just rewatched. Um, both men just absolutely battered and destroyed their bodies and fifth round comes in and they were looked fresh, fresh, ready to go. Um, that one was a draw. That was such a crazy fight. And now I just rewatched it. I saw that Figueroa lost points from a kick to the nuts, right? An accidental kick to the nuts. He lost points. Um, 
eye pokes and stuff like that. Things that and Moreno also had way more consistent takedowns. Moreno was definitely winning rounds. They gave him a draw. All right, a decision of a draw, and Figueroa got to keep his belt. Second time comes around. I think these guys are literally fighting every six months apart. I I really think they've been fighting every six months. Um, Moreno versus Figueroa, number two. Moreno comes in. I think it was the second or third round. He fucking chokes him out, dude. He chokes him out. Not only that, they had a war. They had an absolute war. Um, And he ends up with the rear naked choke, becoming... Mexico's first UFC champion. And then, boom, again, not even six months after this fucking war, you guys are fighting again, all right? Now we got to see who's really the champion and who's going to fucking hold this belt, all right? Because Figueroa, that was his second title defense, third title defense, and he lost it. Now it's up to Moreno to see if he can keep it. Um, And Moreno's a good dude, but I think it's going to come back down to Fight IQ, the fighter's IQ, all right, and how you feel it out. Moreno, he can continue, he's got the heart of a goddamn lion, okay? And that warrior spirit of his is not going to allow him to get knocked out, not going to allow him to quit, okay? Figueroa is going to have to kill this guy, bro, literally. He's going to have to kill this guy to win this fight. Um. Like, he just couldn't get knocked out. In both fights, Figueroa hits hard as fuck and knocks people out. He cannot knock out Moreno. He's got too much heart. He's still there right in front of him. Um, So I believe Moreno's going to win this. Um, Will we see another five-round war? Holy shit. I hope so. I hope so because in in that war moment, you just don't know who's going to win because they're both getting caught. They're both throwing great shots. Um. But something about Moreno's uh, spirit just keeps him going. He looks so beaten up after all these fights. I guarantee you he will have both of his eyes shut (laughs) um, by the end of the fight. And he will still come out victorious as the fucking champion. So I want to see a Moreno. So I'm going to go with Cyril Gaon, round number two um, for the main event. And the co-main event, the other title fight, I'm going to go with Moreno. Let's say round number three. Moreno round number three. Hopefully he just fucking unloads on him. Unloads on Figueroa. Um. Yeah, man, I'm excited now. Now I gotta go figure out where the fuck I'm gonna watch these. I was thinking a bar right down the the street here that said they were playing it, but it's like one of those line dancing places. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, if not, I'll figure I'll figure that shit out. But we're going to move on. Now we're going to go over... I'm going to go over a couple of these articles, man. A couple of these articles of um, just recent weather that's been going on, man. Recent fucking weather that has been going on is just really... It's got me thinking, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm sure some of you had... Most of you hopefully have seen that... Um, there was a volcanic eruption in, uh, where is this, the Tonga? Um, the Tonga Volcanic Eruption, New York Times by Henry Fountain. 
Now, while residents of Tonga struggled to recover from a devastating volcanic explosion that smothered the Pacific Island nation with ash and swamped it with water, scientists are trying to better understand the global effects of the eruption. That's right, because every time something fucking erupts, you know, or it's like, oh, we got volcanic ash going through here in the in the air, right? I always say that shit. Um, but literally... A fucking island just got hit with a goddamn tsunami, and we're over here worried about a little bit of volcanic ash. Oh, we got the COVID particles, and now the fucking volcanic ash particles. Um, They already know the answer to one crucial question. Although it appeared to be the largest eruption in the world in three decades, wow, good to know, the explosion of the Honga Honga volcano on Saturday. So it's not Tonga, it's Honga. They need to um, reword the title. Uh, they already know the answer uh, to the crucial question. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, the explosion of the Honga volcano on Saturday will very likely not have a temporary cooling effect on the global climate as some past enormous eruptions have. But in the aftermath of the event, there may be short-term effects on weather in parts of the world and possibly minor disruptions in radio transmissions, including those used by global positioning systems. So, I mean, dude, the earth literally just like, that was such a crazy image to see the video. If you haven't seen it, go check it out of the volcanic eruption from the ocean floor. Okay. In the middle of the ocean, this fucking volcano just, right. And, and it looked like a fucking nuke went off. Right. And and just the shockwave and all that pressure is going to be, you know, when it was like, advisory warning for tsunamis the the fucking west coast of america all these little islands in the fucking pacific right so i'll continue reading the shockwave produced by the explosion as well as the unusual nature of the tsunamis it generated will have scientists studying this event for years tsunamis were detected not just in the pacific but in the atlantic caribbean and mediterranean as well I mean, this this thing just sh- sent shockwaves throughout the whole planet, giving us some totally radical waves, man. Um, not that we weren't aware of volcanic explosions and tsunamis, said Lori Dengler. Huh? Lori Dengler, an emeritus professor of geophysics at Humboldt State University in California. But to witness it in modern array of instruments we have is truly unprecedented. Yeah. That's that's what the aliens were seeing before when they, you know, were studying human civilizations. They would just see things blowing up up there and just be like, whoa, that's crazy. And now we get to see it. Um, the explosion of the underwater volcano, which is formerly known as Hunga Tonga Hunga Hai Apai, rained hazardous ash over the region, including the Tongan capital, Nuku Alofa, about 40 miles south. The capital also experienced four-foot tsunami and higher wave heights were reported elsewhere. Um, The government called the eruption an unprecedented disaster, although the full scope of the damage has been difficult to determine because the explosion severed undersea telecommunications cables and ash has forced Tonga's airports to shut down, bro. Man, these poor fucking people in this little island, bro. Just... Out there minding their own business in the middle of fucking nowhere, in the middle of the ocean, right? (laughs) Nobody around, really, except this big-ass volcano that you had no idea was underwater. 
and it just fucking decides to take a giant fart that fucks everything up, right? Imagine the terrifying of seeing like, not only seeing that, but feeling that, right? And the shockwave and then hearing all these alarms that you're fucking, (laughs) that your fucking tsunami's coming. It'd be fucking horrific. Horrific, dude. If we saw that on, on, in Florida, on the East Coast, on the West Coast of America, forget about it. Forget about it, okay? Because America would just be fucking, would lose it, right? It would be the worst thing that ever happened in the world. But this shit is happening all the fucking time, apparently, to people. Um, that's crazy, though, that it's the largest uh, volcanic explosion in 30 years. Um unprecedented disaster you already saw that all right beyond tonga though the enormity of the explosion was readily apparent satellite photos show a cloud of dirt rock volcanic gases and water vapor several hundred miles in diameter and a narrower plume of gas and debris soared nearly 20 miles into the atmosphere yeah, just terrifying, an absolutely terrifying sight. Some, vo- some. Okay, let me let me see if I can read this word right. I should totally read it right. But for some reason, I'm kind of fucked up. Some vulcan volcanologist. There we go. Some volcanologists drew comparisons to the catastrophic explosion of Krakatoa in Indonesia in 1883 and the most recent huge eruption of Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines in 1991. Pinatubo erupted for several days, sending about 20 million tons of sulfur dioxide gas into the stratosphere or upper atmosphere. There, the gas combined with water to create aerosol particles that reflected and scattered some of the sun's rays, keeping them from hitting the surface. That had the effect of cooling the atmosphere by about one degree Fahrenheit about a half a degree Celsius for several years. It is also the mechanism of controversial form of geoengineering, using planes or other means to continuously inject sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere to intentionally cool the planet. Okay, I got to read that again. Um, So first off, this could be the world saying, yo, it's too fucking hot. Okay, it's way too hot. I need to cool this bitch down. All right, boom, right? Boom, cover this bitch up. Get all this gas, get all this shit up here. We're cooling it down just one degree. That seems fair, right? That sounds fair. If you had somebody over and they're like, man, it's it's a little hot in here. Can I just turn it down one degree? Go from 73 to 72? Sure, no problem. But here it's like you lose lives, you lose homes, tsunamis. Um, But let me read that part at the end because that was a little crazy, all right? So that had the effect of cooling the atmosphere about one degree Fahrenheit for several years. It also, it is also the mechanism of a controversial form of geoengineering using planes or other means to continuously inject sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere to intentionally cool the planet. So this is what people are doing out there. They're fucking right? Those contrails or whatever the fuck. I don't know. That's what they've been saying for years. They got, they got aerosols. They got shit in it. Maybe they just been doing that to keep us a little cool, right? They notice it's getting a little hot, the global warming. 
hit a little Febreze in the stratosphere, and we're good to go, right? We're a degree lower this year. <laughs> but that's crazy that there's full-on organizations and companies doing that. Um, the Hanga eruption was matching the power of Pinatubo at its peak, said Shane Cronin, a volcanic... <laughs> I knew I was going to fu- fuck it up. A volcan- a vol- volcanologist, sounds like the fucking Star Trek guy, a volcanologist at the University of Auckland in New Zealand. All right, he studied earlier eruptions at the volcano. So this guy's been known about it. He hasn't, what, you, not, you never told anybody about this? You fucking Vulcan. All right, I'm just going to call them Vulcans. All right, this Vulcan, he's been studying it. He's been seeing that it's been erupting a little bit, and he didn't warn people. <laughs> All right, but at the Hunga eruption lasted only about 10 minutes, and satellite sensors in the days that followed measured about 400,000 tons of sulfur dioxide reaching the stratosphere. The amount of SO2, which I'm guessing is the sulfur dioxide, released is much, much smaller than, say, Mount Pinatubo. Yeah, because it was underwater, bro. It was underwater. I'm not even a geologist. Hey, man, I'm not a Vulcan. (laughs) I'm not a Vulcanologist here. And I can tell you that if a fucking volcano is in the deep, dark abyss of the ocean and it erupts, I'm guessing it won't have as much shit in the air as the fucking volcano that's out of the water, right? That's going straight out the pipe. This one's like using a bidet or something. Um, So unless the hunger eruption resumes and continues at similarly strong levels, so it's continuing to flow, it's considered unlikely. It won't have a global cooling effect. Why is no one talking about the fact that it's underwater? Does that have nothing to do with it? Dr. Cronin said the power of the eruption was in part related to its location, about 500 feet underwater. Okay. All right, Roman, relax. Just fucking keep reading. All right. When super hot molten rock or magma hits seawater, the water instantly flashed into steam, expanding the explosion many times over. Had it been much deeper, water pressure would have damped the explosion. The shallower depth created perfect, almost Goldilocks conditions, he said, to supercharge the explosion. The blast produced a shock wave in the atmosphere that was one of the most extraordinary ever detected. Bro, if that thing was out of the fucking ocean, all those strings of islands would be Pompeii. Um, the blast produced a shockwave in the atmosphere that was one of the most extraordinary ever detected, said Corwin Wright, an atmospheric physicist at the University of Bath in England. At the University of Bath in England, where we don't take showers, only baths. Um, (laughs) satellite readings showed that the wave reached far beyond the stratosphere, as high as 60 miles up and propagated around the world at more than 600 miles an hour. The video was unbelievable. And and that was underwater, bro. 500 feet. 500 feet, and that bitch, the shockwaves went up fucking 60 miles into the air. That's power, bro. That's literally power. Um, we're seeing a really big wave, the biggest we've ever seen in the data we've been using for 20 years, Dr. Wright said. We've never seen anything really that covers the whole earth like this, and certainly not from a volcano. 
The wave resulted when the force of the blast displaced huge amounts of air outward and upward high into the atmosphere, but then gravity pulled it down. It then rose up again, and this up-down oscillation continued. That's terrifying. Creating a wave of alternating high and low pressures that moved outward from the blast source. Imagine all the fish and sharks and shit in that area just fucking swimming. They got obliterated. <laughs> or how about how about all the fucking plastic that's in the ocean? And just like the explosion just throws all that air. You got fucking all these COVID masks that never made it. Just poof, shattered, right? Just, I guess maybe that's what it's doing too. Not only is it fucking cooling the, the earth, even though it's not right now, not this one. It's fucking getting rid of all this plastic bullshit we got, right? All the shit that we fucking do as crazy human beings. <clears throat> oh, here's perfect. All right. Dr. Wright said that although the wave occurred in high atmosphere, it may potentially have a short-term effect on weather patterns closer to the surface, perhaps indirectly by affecting the jet stream. And this is what he said, we don't quite know. <laughs> We're looking to see what happens next over the next few days. It could just sort of ripple through and not interact. Um, love that. Love when scientists say, I just don't fucking know, bro. You saw it like I saw it, even though I fucking spend you know, 15, 20 years studying this volcano that I know has been erupting. I've been collecting all this data. I don't really know. Well, we're just kind of going to see these next few days how it happens, right? <laughs> this fucking guy, um, doctor, who was he? Dr. Henry, Dr. Wright, Dr. Wright. I don't really know. I'm just Dr. Wright, Dr. Wright. What a fucking name to be saying. I don't know, bro. You're right. Uh, the atmospheric pressure wave may have also played a role in the unusual tsunamis that occurred. Tsunamis are generated by the rapid displacement of water, usually by the movement of rock and soil. Large underwater faults can generate tsunamis when they move in an earthquake. Volcanoes can cause tsunamis as well. In this, Yeah, I got this in fourth grade, bro. Volcanoes can, can cause tsunamis as well. In this case, the underwater blast and collapse of the volcano's crater may have caused this displacement, or one flank of the volcano may have become unstable and collapsed with the same result. Who gives a fuck? It happened, right? What's going to happen next? What is this going to do, right? Um, well, thank you for tuning in for my fourth grade science lesson on the volcano. Yeah, I wanted to bring these up because um, I feel like you know the world. We got technology like crazy. We can act. We can see everything that happens everywhere. What fucking crazy massive casualty happens? What crazy weather uh, thing happens? And I don't know, man. All right, I'm like Doctor Wright. I don't know. Okay, we're gonna wait it out. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I've been looking at these these uh, stories that have been popping up, like the snowstorm that killed like 22 people in Afghanistan, right? 2022. And we got 22 people dying in a snowstorm because they got trapped in their cars. Okay. You would think meteorology would have it down, or maybe these people just didn't listen to their fucking local weather station, right? But dude, it's 2022. How are we dying in snowstorms? Thousands were trapped. That's horrible. 
Horrible. Talk about a shitty situation. Trapped for days. In a, in covered in snow in your car. Most of them died from the fucking uh, asphyxiation of having their cars running the whole time. Sad stuff, man. But but I don't know. The the weather just seems to be getting a little wild, right? Maybe it's because, I mean, look at these pictures. Soldiers arrived to help clear the roads covered with the snow in Murray in Pakistan. It literally looks like a, a picture from um, a history book. You've got everybody in these fucking brown coats surviving this terrifying snowstorm, all walking, getting walked by soldiers with guns. It looks like a scene from the Holocaust. Man, these poor people. They just got stuck and that's it, bro. I didn't even know it snowed. It. Well, I'm going to take that back. I know Pakistan's got the, the, the mountains, right? The fucking, uh, what do they call those? Kashmir? I don't fucking know. Something like that. So we had the snowstorm. It killed 22 people. May they rest in peace. Um, a tornado over in fucking Florida like a couple days ago, which we get tornadoes, nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. This was an FEF2 tornado with uh, winds of 118 miles an hour, they're saying. Um, let's see. Florida tornado. This is CNN. The liars over at CNN. <laughs> Florida tornadoes destroyed dozens of homes, leave 7,000 customers without power. They destroyed dozens of homes, but 7,000 people can't use Wi-Fi. Um, the Twister was an EF2 tornado with maximum winds of 100. I'm laughing because of the stupid joke I just did, not because of this. This is obviously awful. I don't know why I'm just fucking making jokes here, but that's what I'm doing, all right? The Twister was an EF2 tornado with maximum winds of 118 miles per hour. It may have destroyed 30 it may have destroyed 30 of the 108 mobile homes affected near Fort Myers, according to a damage survey by the National Weather Service. Four injuries were reported, but no one was taken to the hospital, thank God. In Charlotte County, north of Fort Myers, an EF1 tornado with winds of 110 miles per hour left a path of destruction, according to the Weather Service. A water spout moved across Gasparilla Sound near Boca Grande Causeway before then moved to ashore as a short-lived tornado near Placida, damaging 35 homes and a, and a marina storage facility. No one was injured, but some residents oh fuck, I'm going all over the place, but some residents have been displaced in the Charlotte County government. So, you know, Mother Nature's just biting back, baby. Mother Nature's like, dude, we need to cool this place down. I'm sending a couple fans in here. I'm fucking letting out some farts to cool down the stratosphere because it's hot. And not only that, I'm going to take 22 people in Pakistan with a fucking snowstorm. All right. Ten, re ten record-breaking moments that blew our minds, our meteorologists' minds in 2021. Let's read this stupid article. Okay. February cold breaks dozens of all-time records. Early in 2021, there was a cold outbreak that ranks among the most memorable in more than 100 states. Oh, in more than 100 years of U.S. weather records. I apologize. Arctic air that is originated in Siberia contributed to all-time records being broken or tied at 219 locations in the central states February 11th through the 19th. This was last year. 
um, extending from North Dakota and Wisconsin, Texas, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Thousands of additional daily records fell by the wayside. Leading the way was Botany, North Dakota, which recorded an air temperature, not a wind chill, of minus 51 degrees on February 13th, toppling their previous all-time low of minus 50, which it stood for 128 years. Wow. So that was the coldest that place had ever been in 128 years. Botany, North Dakota, who the hell is there? Imagine having to go to work in that. Fuck that. You don't go to work. What do you do there? What do you do there? You record snow data because it's fucking crazy that it's minus 50 degrees. Among the other notable all-time lows were Owen, Wisconsin, minus 45, Spearfish, South Dakota, Siwa, Iowa, minus 30, minus 28 in the mornings, Lawton, Oklahoma, minus 12, and Tyler, Texas, minus 6. That's still so cold. Floridians get fucking, it, it gets to 60 and they're like putting on fucking crazy jackets. I know I'm one of them because that's the only time I'm going to get to wear a nice jacket, right? Um, but it gets to 60 degrees and they're just like, oh my God, please put the heater on. I can't even, you know, 60 degrees is what fucking people from Boston, you know, go swim in Speedos on, right? 60 degrees. Fuck out of here. I hate that. I hate when Floridians c- complain. Uh, when it's winter, like, oh my God, it's just so cold. I can't, you live in South Florida. It is 60 degrees. Maybe, you know, this week it's been 50 degrees. That is, thank the fucking Lord, because every other time it's 94 plus. Please enjoy this nice weather, right? Um, The cold outbreak and accompanying winter storms, February 10th through the 19th, also is the costliest the U.S. winter weather event since at least 1980. The NOAA says the weather pattern caused $21 billion in da- damage, which topped the 1993 superstorm as the previous most expensive winter weather event in the database. All right, number two, Northwest heat wave sets all-time records. So this is the hottest it's ever been. This is the coldest it's ever been. All right. Holy shit. Portland, Oregon set an all-time record high of three straight days, culminating with a mind-boggling temperature of 116 degrees. <sighs> Holy cow. Its previous all-time record at the airport was 107, bro. Is that the closest place to the sun on the earth? What the fuck? <laughs> That's got to be at the tippy tippy point of the earth that is the closest to the sun because that is unreal 116 degrees bro it's not even a desert over there seattle maxed out of 108 um north border of canada british columbia soared soared to 121 degrees all-time high for the entire country record wet southwest monsoon so we have had the hottest so 2021 looks like it was the hottest everything the the coldest everything the most wet i I gotta fact check this fucking article right recorded hottest summer in 126 years and so it's saying um average temperature for all of the lower 48 from june through august was 74 degrees or 2.6 degrees above average that barely edged out the dust bowl summer of 1936 for the top spot by less than 0.01 degrees and why would you even tell me that who gives a fuck 0.01 
Get out of here. California, Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, and Utah all had record hot summers and additional 21 states that uh, top 10 hottest summers. I'll tell you what, though. Nostradamus, bro. I'm just going to start reading Nostradamus because I got his book. Um, Record tying strongest hurricane landfall, deja vu in Louisiana. Fucking poor Louisiana. Hurricane Ida tied as the strongest hurricane by wind speed to ever hit the Pelican State when it made landfall on August 29th as a strong Category 4. Ida had maximum sustained winds of 150 miles per hour. I forgot we had Hurricane Ida. Um, Record-breaking hour of rain in New York City. So, let's see. The Big Apple picked up 3.15 inches of rain in just 60 minutes on September 1st. That easily topped the previous known records of 2.48 inches. Um, That is a lot of rain. Three inches. Death Valley late summer heat as a first for the planet. I don't know what that means. The Southern California desert saw its temperature soar to 122 degrees. That marked the latest in the summer season. A 50 degrees Celsius temperature has ever been reliably measured on Earth in both northern and southern hemispheres, according to Christopher Burt, a weather historian. This guy doesn't study weather. He studies the history of weather. (laughs) You could be anything you want, folks. You just got to work. Um, Sacramento's whiplash from dry to soaked. How about those fucking fires? In in fucking California, dude. We've had some crazy shit. I'm not going to continue reading this stupid-ass fucking article that I've spent the last 10, 15 minutes on. But, dude, we had the California fires that were fucking crazy-looking, bro. Like, that looked like legitimate, um, legitimate end-of-the-world apocalyptic things. So, let's see. Um... The California 2021 wildfire season was a series of wildfires that burned across the state of California. As of December 16th, 2021, a total of 8,619 fires have been recorded, burning 2,569,009 acres across the state. 2021 California wildfires have destroyed 3,629 buildings, killed three people, and have injured 72 and have injured 22. I apologize. That's crazy. The total area is almost three. Well, I'm rounding up a lot, but 2.5 million acres. What about 22? It's always on fire. 2021. Those were crazy too. 2021's burned, so there were a total of 9,000, so there's less in 2021. So this is when it started, 2020. God, horrible, huh? 9,917 total fires, total area affected 4,397,809 acres. 12 billion in damages. Started February 15th all the way to December 31st. The dude, the state is just on fire. Oh my god, that's scary, huh? 
8,000 total fires. So they had a thousand less this 2021 less acres because it's already taken four points. So in a total for these two years of, of fires, it's taken um, close to six, 7 million acres of land. Holy cow. That's insanity, huh? So look, Start reading up on your Nostradamus, all right? Florida, I love Florida. I love where I'm at, West Palm Beach, man. But if we get hit with a fucking tsunami, tidal wave, anything like that, if this, if it rains fucking four inches, we're fucked, bro. This thing is underwater. We're going to be the new Atlantis. Seriously. Seriously. So I'm going to figure something out. <laughs> you know, definitely always have an escape plan or a fucking, um, yeah, just a plan. You know, um, glaciers be melt. If a glacier, bro, if a glacier, okay, if a glacier just happened to chip off and fall off, right? You saw the, oh my God, you saw the cliff that broke in, I think it was in Brazil during a boat tour and all those people died from that fucking cliff, that rock that just fell on this boat and sucked them all in and probably just smashed them and whoever survived the smashing just got sucked in you know horrible um but if a glacier broke off like that and it's the size of i don't know a building seriously because some glaciers are like that right it's a, the fucking north of the world and south of the world is covered in ice or at least it's what it's led to be right covered in ice and it's been fucking filling, right? You put you put ice into your water. What does it do? It fills up. The cup fills up, right? So that giant chunk could seriously fuck up some shit. And that's happening all the time. So it's probably accumulating. 20, 30, 40 years down the line, I don't know if Miami's going to be... Miami's going to be like fucking... Um, God, it's going to be like... Uh, if it survives, right, uh, that type and adapts to the inevitable, <laughs> which is that Florida is going to be, most of Florida is going to be underwater in the future. Um, It's going to be like Venice or something where everything, there's no more streets, right? You walk to places and you take a fucking gondola, all right? You, you hop in with some guy with a funny fucking hat and he goes, where to, mister? Yeah, I just want to go down to uh, 11. We're going to party with the with the guys and girls tonight. We're going to go party. Yeah, and then you fucking get a, 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 a fucking, you know, shout out, pull up, pull up VIP where he pulls up and, you know, he's got this nice fucking, these nice vans and they're all tricked out and partied out. And he's gotten celebrities. This guy I got to meet a couple years ago. Good dude. Hardworking man who started this business. But he's going to have a little pull-up VIP. I see him working through it. That's for sure. He's going to sell those, buy a couple gondolas, party them out, you know, put fucking lights in them and shit. And he's going to have all the celebrities going on his fucking gondola, right? He's going to pull out the red carpet for his gondola. I think that's what they're called. Are they called little gondolas, those little boats? They're like, what the fuck is he talking about, gondola? Is that a chocolate? What is that? <laughs> the gondola is a traditional flat-bottomed Venetian rowing boat. Right, instead of gondola, they're gonna call it a gondule, right? Because there's so many fucking Puerto Ricans and Cubans in in Miami that they're gonna call it a gondule, and it's gonna be something else. It's not gonna be Venetian. It's gonna be Hispanic. Um, but we're just gonna be rolling around in that, and you're gonna be able to, um, you know, get your Uber Eats on a jet ski, B 
people are just going to jet ski and gondola and yacht everywhere. And it's going to be even more fucking bougie. Um, and, and lifeguards are gonna, you know, lifeguards are going to be like the new cops basically. And, uh, yeah, that's, what's going to happen in 40, 50 years to Miami. I'm thinking that's what I'm predicting. If I'm around, that'd be crazy to see. And if it pans out like that, Hey, that's awesome. (laughs) It's not awesome, but it's the inevitable, bro. You know, all these stories I pulled up the world, man. It don't, it don't give a fuck. It don't give a fuck, bro, for nothing. It just does it. Boom, like that. Volcano, right? Snowstorms. <laughs> Hurricanes, tornadoes. Florida, we're not, we, we get tornadoes. We don't really get tornadoes like that, bro. That was like a tornado alley tornado that fucking took 95 and took Fort Myers and shit. Right? Even even the weather is taking taking vacation down in Florida, looking for real estate. I'm just looking at property. <laughs> um, yeah, man. You know, time is finite. Think about those that really do have these crazy cla- cataclysmic events and have to survive and have to reestablish themselves. You know, we're over here in the fucking Western society, pinnacle of Western society, and most of us go go on about our days like nothing is going to ever happen to us and we're you know in reality we are so blessed but you know there's there's catastrophes that happens all the time some smaller than others some giant you know some get news headlines some don't um but something is happening at all times and you know, we just kind of got to, I think if you live with that, that empathy, that understanding, that awareness, you might be able to kind of prioritize things a little better because you you realize that this, every single moment on this fucking planet is in fact a gift, right? If you're a fucking conspiracy theorist and your mind is crazy and you think this is all a simulation and they're all watching me, bro, and it's, dude. Didn't fucking enjoy it. If it's a simulation, who gives a fuck, right? We're here, bro. Does it matter? Right? Does it matter? You know? And I, I'm not an, I'm not a religious guy. I'm not a religious guy. I, I hear religion and stuff, and and certain religions, and I don't like things that appeal. There's certain things that appeal to me, and there's certain things that don't appeal to me, and there's, you know, that 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 conflict but in turn i i am very spiritual okay these events are mother nature doing what it does right the energy of life doing what it does what we've learned through history and our and the geology that we taught and geography and science is that this is what the world does it constantly is changing it's constantly evolving it's constantly growing and we're just these tiny little organisms in this giant body, you know, just like all these little organisms that are inside of our bodies, just living, you know, and the shit that we put them through. You know, so in a sense, it is almost like a little simulation like that, that everything could be like a kaleidoscope almost, where as large as something is, there's something inside of it. 
you know, it just kind of keeps on going from a, from a macro lens to a micro. It just kind of keeps, keeps, keeps going. All in all with the basic fundamentals. And I think that basic fundamental and those atoms, right? The energy particles, the atoms, the fucking electrons and protons and, and what we're made up of. That is, that is God, right? That energy, that is, is life and God. And what we try to explain is in life, right? And I've said this to people that I have conversations with, you know, I believe that science is trying to explain how God works. Religion tries to explain, you know, what it is, what it is to be, right? In their own views. And um, I just feel it. I feel that, the, you know, what's going on in the world is just what's, what's to come. And we are, we are these alchemists, you know, we're gods on our own. We really are, you know, such reflections of gods in how we live, in how we conduct ourselves in the abilities that we have, the good, the bad, right? Um, no other animal on this planet is like us, right? Um, so we have, we, we all have that potential. And I believe, and with everything I do, with music, with art, um, this path that I've chosen of, of passion, of love, of enjoying, what I have and going on and what I'm doing and enjoying my life and living it how how I feel is is right you know that all that all comes down to it and I think it's led me closer to being so spiritually open to have faith to have faith you know and you know it just as powerful as we are, and like I said, we are these gods and stuff. There's something bigger, right? There's there's something bigger. We're part of we're part of it. And at any moment, something can happen. Just live your life. Live your life to the fullest. Live your life for positivity, for love. You know, as cheesy as that is, it, what else do we got? You know, what else do we got? Because. We're going to be rolling around in jet skis everywhere in Florida soon. <laughs> so live it good. Live it good. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, that is The Risk Report. Make sure you check out my new song, OK, out on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, everything. Right? Check out OK by Roman the Stoic. I'll plug it in now so you guys could listen. Um, I do appreciate all those that are tuning in. Thank you. We're going to keep it going. I'm looking forward to an amazing year. I want to thank the guests that I've had on the podcast so far and the guests that I will be having on very soon. All right. Don't miss out UFC 270. Shit's going to be crazy. That's what I'm doing this weekend along with painting the wall. Um, definitely check that out if you can. Check out OK. And I'm going to leave you to it. All right. Peace out, motherfuckers.
Everything is A-okay, I guess Understating Cause everything's a mess Contemplating Ain't got no regrets I've been waiting But I ain't got nowhere yet Yeah.